In this week's episode, is there ever a bad time for high school drama backdropped by murderous creatures? Can't confirm the answer is no. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back to Cover B and welcome to April. You made it through Q1. Welcome to Q2, all you corporate people. <laughs> that good, huh? Corporate. <laughs> so we got some books to talk about this week. Uh, we've got some pretty interesting ones, so let's go ahead and dive on in. The first one is from Behemoth. Uh, this is Star Girl Episode One. I like that it's an episode. Ooh, how nice. very, how very spacey. Written and drawn by Lucas Mendonca. Uh, this features a space opera-esque setting wherein a race of galactic, I guess, solar system uh, heroes called the Stargirls has been all but eradicated. And we are following the exploits of a team of those that remain um, as they go off and do missions and things. It's a beautiful art book with lots of neon, uh, very manga-style artwork, uh, lots of color, and just lots of extraordinary art and action as the Moon Girls kind of go off and hunt down some sort of mysterious orb that they are charged with collecting. T, what do you think? It's like Paper Girls mixed with Gem and the Holograms mixed with Sailor Moon, and I'm so into it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> the coloration is super vibrant that's where the like paper girls kind of vibe yeah, comes yeah. in um there's like superpowers and there's like hunting for stones and there's like super traveling in the galaxy and it's it's such a white vibe I, yeah, yeah oh my god lots of <laughs> lots of heavy anime influence obviously all the way down to uh, the sound effects throughout the book being written in katakana. Yeah. So, which is cool. Uh, it's fun. It's a, it's a fun book. It's, 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 it's really, really neat. And it's not trying to be like more than what it is. It's yeah. like girl gang goes to do good and fight bad guys. And there's like rival girl gang that do it bad and weird prophetic stuff. And it's like perfect. It, it's all you want. Sometimes all you want is just girl gang doing stuff. Yeah, it doesn't try to set up too much of like a lofty premise. I mean, no. it gives you this idea of the star girls having been extinguished, you know, and we have these two opposing teams and we kind of are introduced to them as the story goes through and what their capabilities are. There's a fun little like guide in the back that kind of breaks down each of the characters and gives you an idea of what their abilities were. Uh, but it's just fun. It's got... It's, like I said, got space opera vibes, but at the same time, it's kind of just like the Warriors. It's like a little street gang, yeah. but like in space. <laughs> Which is just you excellent. Know? So it's it's fun. It's it's a really, really cool book. And it's just, it's not like a lot of what's hitting the shelves. And that's been Behemoth's thing. And that's why I've been saying for a while that Behemoth is going to be the company to watch. Because they are putting out some really cool, really unique stuff. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, so definitely check this one out. This one is easily worth your while. It's a thick boy too, but the art is incredible. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's worth having in your collection. 
and it's very um, well paced down for that like it's thick boy but it doesn't feel slow it doesn't yeah, yeah drag. no i'm not the thick boy wasn't like a negative thing. no of course i like the thick boys <laughs> take that out of context <laughs> i'm gonna make a post and it's just that quote signed, yeah, that'll be the chris. title of today's episode <laughs> chris likes thick boys <laughs> don't tempt me <laughs> You gotta keep an open mind, man. <laughs> Next up, coming out of Vault, we have a book uh, written by Tim Seeley and Aaron Campbell with art by Jim Terry. This is West of Sundown, number one. Uh, for all intents and purposes, this is a Western that also has vampires. <laughs> Now, I'm not going to justify talking about vampires every single episode. I think it's safe to say we have reached the, like, vampire apotheosis where it's no longer crap. <laughs> We've gone through We've, the muck and the mire. Yeah, there are enough people approaching the vampire genre trying to do something creative with it that there's... More interesting things coming out of it. This sees a young Irish man uncover a vampire who had buried herself. Our uh, main character, main protag. Uh, she buried herself because she didn't want to be caught up in the Civil War. He was fighting in the Civil War at the time. Dug her up. Then became her kind of charge. Uh, they moved to New York where she fed on crappy industrialists and horrible people, and he kind of helped her track down those people, uh, and that was the whole deal. Eventually something happens, and she's forced to return home uh, and to New Mexico, and uh, that's where they end up, in the frontier, in the Wild West, confronted with all Wild Westy sorts of things. Uh, and we see as he kind of ruminates on the morality of his situation. T, what are your thoughts? I really enjoyed this one. I was a little surprised by how much I enjoyed it. But I think what I enjoyed is that our lead character vampire mistress does not feel like a standard vampire. First mm -hmm. off, she doesn't feel like a villain. She kind of feels like an antihero. Mm -hmm. She's only out to eat bad guys, which best option for a vampire. Eating D-bags and pedos and weirdos. And it's great. And then... Our main guy, the relationship between them doesn't feel like, I'm going to eat you at any minute, so you better do what I say. Nor does it yeah. feel like, I'm going to make you vampire in the afterlife, so you're going to do what I say so that you can get that. They just feel like, hey, I got you out of the Civil War, and you keep me fed with D-bags, and you help you know, clean the streets, and we do it together, and so we're cool. Yeah, it's I, I, that was probably my biggest takeaway. Like Honestly, this book doesn't do a ton to expand on the vampire right. mythos. The reason this one kind of stands out to me is that it's mostly told through the focal point of uh, the charge, the ward. Right. Uh, and as far as we can tell, he's not a thrall. He's not been bitten and turned or, like, zombified or any sort of way that you usually see the, like... And he's not obsessed with vampires. You no. know what I mean? It's usually like when a vampire has a non-vampire of some sort helping them, it's like a zombie or mind controlled or they want to be a vampires human who's too. like obsessed with power and immortality and you exactly. promise them power and immortality. And that doesn't exist. Their relationship is mostly like a platonic friendship. Yeah. He even he, mentions at one point like, yeah, she's. 
Mimish is pretty funny. Yeah, he, <laughs> I was going to say, he, you know, reflects on her sense of humor and reflects on how he's helping her and how he cares for her in kind of a nurturing way. And she cares for him in kind of a nurturing way. So it's this very familial kind of platonic relationship as opposed to the normal, like, power struggle kind of relationship yeah. that we see. And we just don't often get vampire stories told from, like, the quote-unquote thrall kind of standpoint. And being that he's not any sort of, like, vampire-obsessed weirdo or, uh, you know, like a zombie or anything like that. Yeah. And he's not a vampire himself. In fact, he's kind of the antithesis of a vampire. He's very strong in his, like, Catholicism. He's, yeah! like, they talk about how he's a very Christian man. And that's part of why they do, you know, the thing that they have, the arrangement that they have. Uh, and she holds no sort of like animosity towards him, even though he's firm in his faith. Yeah, she totally you know? respects his morality. And I think it's cool because like she feels very human, which yeah. is not always how you depict a vampire. She feels just like she's just a woman who happens to feed on blood and yeah. not be able to die. Yeah, honestly, initially I got this one because it's a Western and I'm a sucker for Westerns and that was probably what excited me the most. I wasn't particularly jazzed about like vampire on a Western backdrop just because I don't know of any specific examples of that one, but there was a few years there where part of the problem with vampire stuff was it was like, what if vampires, but... but and it was just throwing vampires at different sorts of scenarios or moments in history. Right. And having, you know, stories come out of those. So I wasn't ultra jazzed for that. It worked fine. We haven't really seen the Western elements of it come into play too much. Um, and then there seems to be like other lore that they're going to be bringing into it. But I think the biggest takeaway, the most creative thing coming out of this is just that there's a very interesting power dynamic in the vampire part of this yeah you know what i mean i agree I, it's time will tell how the western part of it plays out but the vampire part of it is at least kind of unique it doesn't do much to like change how vampires are like really like she's a very kind of cliche vampire yeah she got like a german name and where's big red pale dress and <laughs> pale dark hair and like always like very affluent in in the high society and stuff like that so it's like yeah yeah fair it's a vampire is what you expect not really much changing there but the power dynamic between the two characters is really cool and how the vampire functions kind of in society is interesting that was one thing we talked about when we were complaining about vampires a while back when we were justifying yet another vampire book that we were talking about <laughs> was uh how there always seems to be like two main types of vampires it's either like they're basically just slightly smarter zombies yeah. Like feed machines, like rabid feed machines, or they're like a secret society that's like secretly controlling things. Yeah. And this is somewhere not, she's kind of a dude. Yeah. She's yeah, just a person. She's chilling, <laughs> vibing, drinking blood, you know. Killing baddies. Yeah. What's up? Lo fi beats to chill and eat dudes too, you know? <laughs> Living her life. But it, uh,. It was cool. Excellent. It was, you know, it was cool. And Tim Seeley brings his own sort of like, kind of like weirdly metal spin to things, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so fair. I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. Uh, and then finally, we have The Ocean Will Take Us, number one. This was written by Rich Duck, uh, with art by Carlos Alvarez. Alvarez. Uh, this one features a young man moving to a new town. 
and getting wrapped up in all the high school drama involved in that. He wants to be captain of the swim team, and the captain of the swim team's an absolute dick. Uh, <laughs> and drama happens. Oh, and there's some sort of inky, abyssal, black tentacle monster slash sludge slash sentient ooze that is disappearing people possibly working for the coach or at the behest of the coach and the swim team's drinking parts of it to be better at swimming did you get all that <laughs> t what did you think i love this book <laughs> this uh guys okay i i love i love a good high school drama it's it's a vibe. It's a thing I do. I watch Degrassi. I watch Euphoria. I like these programmings. It's a thing that I have and I enjoy. So I'm weak to them. Mm -hmm. I am always going to be weak to the YA. It is who I am. I accept it. You should also. Thing about this book is that it's just written really well. Dialogue is natural. Art, beautiful, fun, playful, cute. Characters, realistic, entertaining, cool, setting, realistic, but also kind of like different worldy, but like close enough to our own that mm -hmm. you don't have to think too hard about it. Involves capitalism, involves potentially pollution, yeah. involves supernatural goo. I, I don't know what else I could have possibly asked for out of a book. It is rare nowadays with how many books that we read that I'm like three pages in and going, oh yeah, I'm going to be getting this one for a long time. Yeah. This book, <laughs> this book is like R.L. Stein uh, presents euphoria. You know yes, what I mean? It's, it's so like, good. <laughs> it's like, it's got, it's, it's like high school musical in the high school is like Arkham High. You know, yes! like it's got a nice little eldritch spin to it, but it's got all the classic like high school drama that you're familiar with but it's one of those high school dramas that kind of takes it up a little bit because it adds drugs into the mix you know what i mean yeah, it's, it's not like, your saved by the bells where the drug episode is like a huge deal it's like more like glee yeah with swimming instead of singing but i like it i i think there's going to be a lot of conversation about pollution and kind of mankind's effects on the environment like it seems to be yeah it seems very obvious from the get-go we're moving to this like coast or island that's basically like coastal town or island that's basically entirely run by this energy company and basically everyone in the town works for this energy company and there's also this like oily black monster in the water <laughs> that's killing people super saucy and the more successful people in the town have a reliance on this oily black monster that's killing people and Even destroying more things saucy <laughs> Even if you're not good at metaphors, you can pick up on this one. Yeah, like, this is like a scarlet letter level metaphor. It, yeah, right? <laughs> it's there. But I like it. I dig it. I love the art. The art is very, very fun and very, like, energetic. Yeah. I love the artwork in this. Uh, so kudos to the artiste. And yeah, so Aftershocks, The Ocean Will Take Us. Check that one out as well if you're itching for some high school drama. I don't feel like we get enough high school drama comics and maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm just not reading them but like i feel like it's either kids in high school dealing with other things outside of high school or like 
kids in high school doing fun things. We don't really get many, like, this is going to be about this kid in high school dealing with high school. Yeah. There's just also a tentacle monster. No, absolutely. And we get, like, a handful of them sprinkled about. Mm. Like, we got Darkwood, which was excellent. We get, like, Sabrinas and things like that. It's it's why I really liked the book Erratic from AWA, Kara Andrews. Because it was just, it was basically just a high school drama that just added, like, oh, also, he's a weird little superhero kid. You yeah, know? exactly. There, there've been it's fun. a couple yeah. of goodies, but there's not enough. <laughs> that is always a niche which can be filled and will supply and will have a very rabid audience of yeah. myself. <laughs> high school, high school dramas are fun because I think, like for writers, high school dramas are fun because there's very defined tropes, and the nice thing about those defined tropes is. They're so defined that you can easily find ways to break out of them. You know what I mean? Yep. But then also, if you fall into them, you're still kind of rewarded because people like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a it's not a genre that people are really crying for a lot of difference in. Like, you have the snooty jock. It's like, cool. We got you. We get that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's an obvious. Like, the jocks are secretly all on drugs. It's like, okay, yeah, we, we get that. But we're not mad about it. You know? Yeah. Exactly. One thing I did like is that they made the captain of the swim team, like, funny looking. <laughs> yeah. He's not, fair. like, a hunky, like, super handsome guy. Like, he's kind of ratty and, like, skeezy looking. Yeah. You know what I mean? he, yeah. I thought that was a nice touch. He's not, like, big and bulky. Yeah, well, he's not just, like, handsome. No. Usually it's like, oh, he's the most handsome guy in school. And he's the captain of the swim team. And he's super popular and everyone loves him. And this dude's, like clearly an a-hole and kind of looks like a goblin (laughs) i'm like i like that like he gets all the cred for being the captain of the swim team but he kind of looks like a little goblin kind of gross at the same time yeah no very valid anyway pick it it up the ocean will take us it's very 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 cool book very great art loved it big fan that's gonna do it for us Thank you so much for listening. If you want more episodes of Cover B, you can find them on our website at CoverBPodcast.com. That's right. And if you want to follow us on social media, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at CoverBPodcast. So once again, thank you for listening. I hope everyone has a good weekend. Get out and have some fun. Enjoy your friends and family uh, and do something neat. Yeah. Read some comics, maybe. Yeah, there's plenty to read. (laughs) And until the next time, I have been Chris. This has been T. Yep. And you have been listening to Cover B. Bye, everybody.